You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Wayne, I'm looking at my screens and I'm seeing things like US GDP falls 4.8% annually on a quarterly yeah. basis. And then I look at crude oil up 32%, uh, the West Texas brand, that is, the Brent crude brand nearly 16% higher. And I think to myself... Something's out of whack here. I mean, are, are people that clever that they can look that far in the future? And has the Fed got more in its in its quiver, more arrows in its quiver than we realise, and that's why the market is up so much? I mean, GDP, 4.8% down. That's not great. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay, I think let's just talk about it in two sections. Oil's very different because there are bigger dynamics going on there than just the world economic recession. In other words, this fight that Saudi Arabia started, I mean, I think they, when they go to sleep at night time, whoever started it there must sit back and think, well, that wasn't the best thing I've ever done. (laughs) Yeah, so so the oil price is just a recovery off that ridiculously low level. And, you know, oil, even with the global recession on, you know, oil can still easily be between 30 and $35 a barrel. That's still half of what it was literally four months ago. You know, so the, I think oil is just a recovery of a unsustainably low base. So I think oil's got different dynamics. Talking about the market now, I mean, our market in South Africa is down now about 18% from its peak, maybe even less, maybe even 15%. So 15% in the bigger scheme of things isn't exactly a bear market at all, okay? But it does worry me that the recovery has been so sharp Mm. so soon. And what – and by the way, I I don't think that the market's wrong per se in this level. I think this just got here too quickly because if you look – two factors. First of all, we've really got to see the truly – poor company results, GDP numbers. I mean, this is quarter one. America hadn't even really gone into into lockdown yet. eh? Exactly. It's quarter two. Quarter two worldwide is going to be their number. And then, of course, companies starting to report their results either as a monthly update like retail sales or something like that or a quarterly update to June or a six-month to June we are going to get bombarded with an avalanche of incredibly poor results. Because you know what companies are like? You know, this is one of the best crises companies have had. And now let me explain that a bit better. Yes, please. Previously, when they had a crisis, a lot of it was self-inflicted. Something went wrong in the company and like famous brands with Gourmet Kitchen Burger and Woolworths and many, many, many others. Something went wrong because of something they've done. And it's sort of like hard to explain. But a crisis like this, you just say it's, it's, it's the virus. And you write off everything, you recorrect your books, you, you literally throw the kitchen sink. You provide for everything so that when the economy does recover and your earnings recover, you show a spectacular result. So you, So people are going to, and I'm sure you know the terminology, kitchen sink these results because yes. it's not a reflection on them as management. You just say it's the virus. So you are going to literally 
throw every single thing. You're going to clean out the cupboards. You're going to do everything, provide for everything, provide for bad debts, provide for absolutely everything possible so that when the recovery comes, it's going to be very strong. So in other words, the next three, well, over the next three, four, five, six months, we are going to see some shocking company results. And of course, lots of companies are going to pass their dividend and postpone their dividend and cut their dividends. And we're going to get, as I mentioned earlier on, the very poor economic results, you know, GDP numbers. I mean, the U.S. second quarter GDP, along with us, is going to shrink 10, 15% on an annualized basis. So 5% is going to look quite good. You know, so I just think the market has run a little bit too much in respect of uh, the economic impact. But when you look at, and I mean, everything's theoretical, you know, in investments, everything's in theory. If you say it takes the world, or companies, just talk companies now, it takes companies two years to recover their earnings to where they were last year. That was the same. So if you made 200 cents a share last year, it's going to take you two years to get back to 200 cents a share. Okay. If that is the case, then in theory, the amount of money that's been lost by this COVID in respect of stock market terms is about 12 or 15%. So in other words, wherever the market was going to be in two years' time, a more correct value now because of the virus will be 10 or 12% lower than that. So in other words, the market does look forward. It does look through all of these things. It takes a valuation of shares into perpetuity. But that's my sort of ballpark figure of what this virus has cost the stock market. And it's exactly the same for any other bear market. You know, there's a, there's a permanent loss of capital because of an economic event that has occurred. This time it happens to be an economic event that was driven by a virus instead of an economic event that was driven by some crisis somewhere. But, you know, it's all more or less the same thing. Um, so that's how I see it. In other words, should the stock market come back a little bit, and I'm increasingly thinking that over the next three, four months, it could fall and maybe even retest the previous lows. Ah, but, so you're a W man rather than a V man. No, no look, look. Longer term, I'm, I'm a V recovery man. Longer term, don't think that the stock market's going to wallow here for the next 10 years and do nothing. No, no, but Simply well, the, valuations, the valuations weren't high enough before this crack to actually give you a 10-year bear market like we had in America after 2003. I accept that, so but, I but I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just assigning it a letter in the alphabet. A V yeah. is it goes straight down and then it goes straight up again, yeah. and that makes well, the V. Fact, no, other, no other stock market recovery has gone up in a, in a straight line. Every single other one has had a blip I just on need, the way up. I just so, need, so it's on the way up. I just need it, a record to show that you're a W man. In other words, it goes yeah, down, no, it goes out, it goes up, it comes down again to make the W, and then it goes up. I mean, it, it may not go up in a straight line. But, it, yeah. but I'm, I'm, every, I'm writing it down, you're a W man. Okay. Yeah. Wayne, the every W. single other... Yeah, that's easy to remember. Every single stock market recovery after a crash has had an initial quite a sharp recovery, and then it's fallen again. Not every time back to the previous lows. Eh? So normally, and this is very averaging, normally the stock market would crack. It'll recover one-third of that crack very easily, actually very, very quickly. 
and then it falters a bit, maybe loses some of that, and it goes up in sort of, you know, three steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back type of thing. You know, nothing ever goes up in a straight line mm-hmm. or down in a straight line. Right. So yeah, I, I think it's I think that the extent of the recovery in such an incredibly because it's literally in weeks, uh, such an uh, incredibly quick recovery without having to face the barrage of the truly real bad economic and earnings news is maybe a little bit too soon. But I have no doubt whatsoever that the world will recover from this virus because you must understand it's not like you you had a major economic problem that had, that, that occurred before the virus. The world's economy was actually, there were one or two problems, corporate debt in America, excess government debt, over the world, but even excess government debt over the world doesn't matter at current interest rates. So there is no inflation anywhere. In fact, there's deflation worries. Yes. There's no inflation anywhere. So literally the central bankers can print money into a vacuum almost. Literally you can print money into a vacuum. And so I have no doubt the economy will recover. There's obviously permanent damage done, as I spoke about early on, and there is in every bear market. But I actually think the recovery can actually be quite good. Jobs will take a long time to recover. I mean, we were chatting earlier on with some work colleagues, and it looks as though our economy in South Africa, before the government stimulus package, was estimated to shrink between 10 and 12%. Now with the, now with the stimulus package, that number's sort of 5 6 7% shrinking. Uh, and it looks as though... Um, our unemployment will lose anywhere between 700,000 and 800,000 jobs because of this. I mean, that is astonishing. But the economic recovery next year of such a depressed base will actually be quite strong. You know, it will be 3 4 5% economic recovery. And another very interesting thing, I listened into a political analyst today. Yes. Uh, and he said... There's no opposition with this virus and the way uh, our state president has reacted to the virus, there's no opposition to him in the ANC. He said, he says this has just disappeared. He said, and he has centralized control in government, not in the Thule House. I mean, this chap's exact words were, the big six doesn't even really matter anymore. The secretary general doesn't matter. The chayman doesn't matter. Which is Power. disturbing, Wayne. It's, it's disturbing. It's almost like President no, Xi. I mean, there's no way that President no, Xi is ever going to be usurped by any other political candidate. Yeah. But the problem is, not the, not, 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 not the problem, the good news is, is that power is now centralised where it's supposed to be in the government, mm. not, not in, an, in, in an external political party. So for what it's worth, and I mean, obviously no one knows the future, but this political analyst said we are going to see structural reforms. He said, they said, our state president, we all know how he works now. He tries to build consensus. He tries to do everything with partners. He tries to bring everyone along. But the, the environment, because of this crisis, has never been better for him to start doing things quicker now. Because, I mean, from an economic viewpoint and from, I suppose, a couple of other viewpoints as well, the biggest criticism of the current uh, 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 executive is the time. Now, they haven't done anything wrong, and they've done a lot of right things, but it's just taken 
a very, very long time to walk down this path. So his opinion was that this, the, the positive side to this crisis is that um, there's no threat to our state president's leadership of the ANC or, or the government. There's the internal resistance, internal objections and resistance to the state president and his policies has literally almost evaporated because of this crisis. Uh, his own personal popularity has soared way higher than what it's ever been because of the, the, the action that he's taken. You know, he said he's communicated properly with people. He showed a lot of empathy. So, yeah, so maybe there is something good. Maybe, maybe there is, Wayne, but also just reforms. in a few years' time, we'll look back and there'll be books written and it'll, he'll be go down as the president that puts 70,000 troops on the streets, which is yeah, almost apartheid-like. Yeah, and 700,000 people out of a job. Look, make no mistake, over the, next few, over the next few years, we are going to see lots. I, I, I think it's useless, and I think you're wasting your time, and I'll come back to why I think that, yeah. but we're going to see lots of stories and Lots of movement in society basically saying the cure was worse than the disease. Oh in other words, the economic impact of the lockdown and all of this was actually had a more negative effect on society than what the disease would have had. But the reason why I say it's useless information, you don't know what the disease would have done if we didn't have the lockdown. So you're purely speculating that the cost of the cure was worse than the disease because the outcome from the disease is significantly better than what it would have been had we not had the lockdown. But you don't know what the outcome would have been. I mean, our, our fatality rate is one of the lowest in the world at the moment because of this lockdown. Even though the infections and the deaths in South Africa will only peak in about September, and we don't know so whether they were TB-related, whether they were poverty-related, whether they were COVID-19-related. We don't know. We don't have the sophistication, I don't think, at the same level that perhaps so-called yeah. developed countries have, uh, to identify what the deaths were caused yeah. by. But anyway, which, let's have a look at a couple of stories here, Wayne. Otherwise, we're going to be rambling on. For, well, I'm going to be rambling on for ages because it's a, a subject about which um, I'm, I'm fascinated. Have a look at this. You're not a great shopper. I mean, you like to go to Woolworths and you used to buy uh, there's there's no, and again, yeah. yeah, exactly. You used to buy that squid thing that you really liked, which is gone. Yeah, and it took it off the shelves. I know. Along with the, and, I, and, 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 and I can never, whenever anyone mentions Woolworths and what they've taken off the shelves, I've got to mention the salt and pepper calamari they took off there and the peanut butter ice cream. But <laughs> I'm, I'm finished now. That is, uh, I mean, life's not worth living. I mean, you may as well get COVID-19 if you can't have those two things, one after the other. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, South African retailer Edcon will file for bankruptcy protection yes. in the next few days, it said on Wednesday, becoming the country's first major corporate casualty of the coronavirus pandemic. I would uh, dispute that. But anyway, Edcon said it had lost well. 2 billion rand or 108 million US dollars at current exchange rates of sales since the virus reached South Africa in early March. Mm. And the government responded with a nationwide lockdown etc. Uh, that coupled with the decline in collections from debtors meant the company which owns uh, Edgar's and Jet was unable to pay suppliers and creditors in March yeah. and April. It said in the same. I went to Edgar's I think maybe five years ago. I was doing a presentation in Century City in, in, in Cape Town and I, I, I'd forgotten my tie. So it was 9.15 in the morning. The shop was open at nine o'clock. I went to Edgar's. It was a desert 
of yes. misery. There were no people serving me. There was nothing. There was no. There was no help. The the offering was awful. Edcon has been in decline, and they may use coronavirus yes. as a, an ex- excuse. But this is a really terrible store. Yeah, they were. They were on. They had one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel for the last how long? Many, Probably many years. eight years. Yeah, exactly. Many, many years. So, so yes, the virus probably pushed them over the edge, but they were in terminal decline long before the virus came along. But there will be a few more casualties. I don't think there'll be another big listed retail casualty. When we've spoken to our retail analyst, you know, and there's there's a couple that are carrying a little bit of debt in that, but banks are going to be very accommodative in this crisis with the, with debt and covenants and all of that, because they have to, and they are going to, so that's fine. So I don't think there'll be another big listed retail casualty. There might be one or two property, listed property casualties. There could very easily be another small cap, mid cap, there'll be a couple of small cap and mid cap uh, casualties. But the big devastation, unfortunately, is going to come in the small and medium enterprises, the little three or four ownership stores or 10 staff member stores or 20 staff member restaurants and services. And I mean, it it is truly going to be devastating because it's happened so quickly. People haven't had time to adapt. And of course, why it's happened so quickly economically is, is, is the lockdown. Yes, but the, yeah, the lockdown was just uh, almost an excuse, if you see what I mean. Yes, and, and as I said to you when we went on right in the beginning when I ranted and raved a little bit, <laughs> lots of companies are going to, maybe they're not going to use it to say we're going bankrupt, but lots of companies are going to say it's the virus, but they're going to kitchen sink the whole lot. Yeah, so the bean counters are using it as an excuse to rejig the books, in other words. Yeah, correct. Okay, good. Tell me about PSG. Because PSG has come out with a statement this morning and yes. uh, Capitec has come out with a statement and Zeta has come out with the sum of the parts analysis. Uh, something's mm. going on there. What's your analysis of yeah. this? Well, this, this, the old-fashioned holding company, holding company stroke investment company, hasn't really worked. So, you know, in the late 90s, well, mid-90s, late 90s, investment companies were the big thing. That's how you controlled uh, – you controlled – 100% of the capital with 30% of the shares, or maybe even less via holding companies. Um, but they have distinctly gone out of favor because virtually all of them, in fact, all of them, have traded at a discount to what's underneath them. So if you add up what's underneath them, these things trade at between a 10% discount, 5% discount, and as with Nuspers, a 40% discount, if not a 60% discount. So these things have fallen out of favor because it's not just PSG and Zeta and that. I mean, Rand Merchant Holdings is unbundling everything. Rembrandt's unbundling its interest in Rand Merchant Holdings. Mm. RMI, Rand Merchant Investments, is doing it. Zeta's done it. PSG's doing it. So they they say when, 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 when I add up what I own, it comes to 120 20, but the shares only trading at 100. So okay. that's why they're doing it. Okay, so it's just unlocking value, in other words. And then I'll never understand the, the idea of a holding company. Do you think this means the death knell for the holding company? The Probably listed yes. holding company? Yes, yes. 
It, it probably is because the discounts, you can buy the underlyings. Why must you buy the, the holding company unless you believe at some stage that discount is going to be unlocked and that's what's happening now. I mean, I can't think of any other major holding company that's actually left now on the JSE after all of this unbundling. Okay, final uh, comment I need from you now. As we spoke in the early part of this conversation, this podcast, the GDP number from the United States came out at minus 4.8%, which is a staggering number. And it's the, don't forget, it's the world's biggest economy. And yet we've got a 2% rally on the S&P and the Dow Jones. Why? Because the Fed surely can't do any more. Now, look, I don't think the Fed can do any more. And I think the market's actually being a little bit too optimistic well, not too optimistic, but just too soon with its optimism because we're still going to face, as I said, three, four, five months of extremely poor news. I mean, um, also, as we spoke about, U.S. economy in the second quarter is probably going to be minus 10 or minus 15 annualized. Which is staggering in its own right. But uh, I think pe what people are saying is, OK, we know that the next two to three months, maybe the next two quarters are going to be awful. But after that, it's going to be spectacular. Do you believe in the spectacular prognosis? Yes, off this low base, because everything's measured off a base. So when your economy on an annualized basis shrinks 15 percent, you can grow very quickly off that base. It still takes you two or three years to get to where you were before the catastrophe happened. I mean, it's, it's, it's statistics. If the market, if your economy falls 50%, has got to grow by 100 to get back to where it was. You know, so, but off a low base, you can actually show spectacular growth. Only in the first year, eh? Because there's just, you just got, you're just working off a very depressed economic level. Okay, Wayne, on that note, thank you very much for your time this evening. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.